Hey, Chapel family. This is Pastor Kelly from St. Andrew out in Middleton. Glad to be able to join you today for our Wednesday Lenten worship. Things are a little different, but what a blessing that we have this technology to be able to still gather together to hear God's word and to worship together. Let's go ahead and begin with prayer. Heavenly Father, we thank you for this time in your word. At such times as these, when things are going in every which direction, to have these moments to pause and to be with you, we thank you. We thank you for the gift of your Son, who's forgiven our sins, who's conquered death, who's conquered disease, and who lives for us. Grant us your peace as we gather today in your word. We ask this in your Son's name. Amen. One in 30,000, roughly 30,000 crucifixions, that's what we're told was the average for that time frame in Rome. Seems excessive. 30,000 people put to death in an extraordinarily horrific way. Jesus was one of those 30,000. But what made him different? Why is it that 30, out of the 30,000, he's the one that we are still talking about and still worshiping today? The text we have for today before us is Jesus' words from the cross. The words, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? That picture of the darkest day in a person's life. Some of you are currently feeling that. You're feeling like these are the darkest days you've ever experienced. Worry, anxiety, fear, overwhelming sense of what's coming next. You're, you're beginning to log off of social media. You're having panic for those guys with Jesus, their crucifixion day was their worst day, their darkest day, as they hung in one of the most excruciating deaths that man has ever created. Jesus hung there with them. One in 30,000, what made his crucifixion different is that the earth itself, while these, all these others were going through dark days, the earth itself testified to the fact that Jesus' death was extraordinary. For three hours, from noon until three, we are told that the sun went dark. The earth testifies that its creator has died and is dying. For some of you, you love darkness. You are the night owls. You start ramping up your day at 9 o'clock at night. You thrive when everyone else is sleeping. You're a lot like my kids in some ways. They say, hey, the sun is still out with time, daylight savings. The, the sun is now out longer. My kids say, oh, I can't go to sleep. It's still light outside. How could I possibly sleep? But there's also something unsettling about the darkness, isn't there? It's one thing when we're in our house and it's dark and, and it allows us to relax and it allows us to sleep. But if you're in somebody else's house for the first time and there's no fan and there's no noise, and maybe you're sleeping in their basement for the first time and you hear every clank and you hear every noise of the basement, maybe you go camping and it's the first time in a long time that you've been out in the middle where there is no 
white noise and you hear every crack of every animal and every tree branch. And it's unsettling. Can you imagine the three hours in the middle of broad daylight, the earth goes dark and how unsettling that must have been. For Jesus, the darkness was not just the pain in his hands and in his feet, his lungs suffocating. For Jesus, it was the darkness of bearing his father's anger, bearing his father's wrath, that the sins of all time were now piled against him. The definition of hell is the absence of God's love, and there on the cross, Jesus experienced that in a way that none of us will ever understand, because there on the cross, God forsook his son. He shut his son off. He closed his heart off from his son, and instead of loving his son, he poured out the wrath and his anger towards sin, the payment that is caused, that is due, he took out on his son for us. That's unsettling. No wonder he cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? There are others who have called out, God, why are you allowing this? God, how could you allow this? Jesus on that cross actually endured God's wrath and the absence of God's love. The reality is, so often we view sin so lightly. We don't think much of it when we push the pedal and our speedometer crosses that line. Oh, it's okay, it's just a few miles an hour. For that, Jesus had to die. Jesus endured his Father's wrath because in those moments we disobeyed our authorities. That little, little white lie that I told while filling out my taxes, you know, that's not really all, you know, it's not going to really hurt anybody. Nobody's going to really know about it. What I search on my browser and what I drink at home in my isolation, it's not hurting anyone. It is. It's what caused the Lord of creation to go to the cross. Because if he did not bear the agony of his father's wrath, you would. And I would. It's a sobering thought. Our sin has a cost. But that was God's mission, wasn't it? that he would redeem us, that he would purchase us, that he would make us his own so that we would never have to understand this punishment. COVID-19, everybody getting sick isn't, oh, God's punishing you. Cancer isn't saying, God punish you. Not understanding how I can't get together, the NCAA canceling. Woe is us. God hasn't abandoned us. He abandoned his son so that we would never be abandoned. His son cried out, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? Because he had to die because there's illness, because there's sickness, because there's death, so that we don't have to fear death itself. But that we have the assurance that God is with us. These words that Jesus spoke came from Psalm 22, a psalm that is known as a psalm that is all about the Messiah, written more than a thousand years before Jesus was born by King David. King David wrote these words 
confessing that these are things that the Messiah would say. These are the things the Messiah would do. And as the psalm begins and confesses how God would turn His back on His Son, He confesses the way in which He would die, the suffering and agony with which He would endure. But He closes out the psalm with these words. For He has not despised or disdained the suffering of the afflicted one. He has not hidden His face from Him, but has listened to His cry for help. God is hearing our cry. God did not turn His back on His Son and did not listen. No, He did. He understood. Jesus understood what was happening. He he prayed the night before, Father, if there's another way, please let it be. But then He accepted His Father's will. And He accepted His Father's will that this is true for you and it is true for me, that God has not despised us. God is not despising the world right now. Woe is us that all is going wrong. He has not disdained us and punishing. No, He punished His Son on the cross for us. What we are seeing is the effect of sin. How can I have hope in the midst of all that is going on, in the midst of the panic, in the midst of arrogance, in the midst of unknowing? I can have hope because I have the one who died for me who tells me He listens to my cry for help. Those are Jesus' words for you. He's listening to you. He's hearing your prayer. Are we through the worst of what's going on? I don't know. But I know the one who does. The one who has been through every pandemic, every plague, and in the midst of every plague has proclaimed the good news that he has conquered sin, he has conquered death, and that there is hope for those who trust in him. Deuteronomy puts it this way. The Lord himself goes before you and will not and will be with you. He will never leave you nor forsake you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged. These are the words of hope our Savior has for us. He doesn't want us to fear. He doesn't want us to stand in panic and wonder where his love is. You know, he promises in the midst of whatever you're going through today, that He is with us and He has not forsaken you, that He loves you and that He has redeemed you. And that this is His good news for you. And the good news He gives to you to share to a community, to your networks, that there is hope. Yes, we may be confined. We may not have the social lives we're used to at this moment, but we have technology in a way that has never been around that we can still communicate, that we can still talk to, that we can still even video chat with those who are around us. As God's reminder that he is with us, he's given us this cloud of witnesses, this group of people who love us, that are his testimony to his love with us. One in 30,000, out of the 30,000 who crucified, there's only one who declared, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? So that in declaring that he has been forsaken, by declaring that he has been punished, he can give to you and me the great hope that we have that we are redeemed, that we are His promise. He will never leave us. He will never forsake us. And then He says to you and to me, do not fear, for I am with you. Do not be afraid. Do not be discouraged, for I am your God. Heavenly Father, what an amazing gift you give through the death of your Son on the cross that gift of hope, hope for each and every one of us, that gift of life. 
And that gift that says we have nothing to fear, though we are reminded daily of all the fears around us, you promise we have nothing to fear. Allow that message to sink into our hearts. Allow that message to uplift us and to focus us on you that we can declare your praise to the communities around us. We ask this in your son's name. Amen.